Pratt's 90s kids and early otters, it's Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap. My name is Sam. And my name is Rachel. And wouldn't it be weird if it was hosted by two other people? Yeah, it'd be weird if it was called Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap, hosted by Nadia and Steve. <laughs> Hi, Nadia. Hi, Steve. <laughs> I said, I, Steve. <laughs> you, Steve. You, you, Nadia. Me, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, we have a very important episode this week. Yeah, I'm very excited about this episode. I am too. I think this is a great thing. We are talking about pop princesses this week. Yes, and I feel like, you know, this is something that really spans generations and, you know, unlike some of our other episodes, like I feel like this one is really one of the biggest like gaps cuz I'm talking about like the 80s and you're talking about more like early 2000s. Like the late, late 90s. 90s. 1998 and onward. Yeah. yeah. And I'm talking about like 87 to 89. Yeah. So I think that's really fun. Yeah, that is super fun. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I, I, I love that we're talking about something that is not just confined to our two generations. Mm-hmm. I feel like this, there are generations of pop princesses after mine and before yours and as well. And pop princesses to come. Absolutely. Absolutely. This totally destructive, mm-hmm. terrible, uh, you know, reoccurrence is not done reoccurring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Rachel, um, specifically, you're talking about the pop princesses of the 80s. Who would you say that is? Well, for the sake of today's episode, I'm talking about Debbie Gibson and Madonna and just like a little splash of Tiffany. Mm, interesting, because on my plate, I've got... Uh, 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 an entree of Britney Spears followed by an equal entree of Christina Aguilera. Yum, yum, yum. With a complete side dish of Jessica Simpson and a peppering of the history of pop princesses in general. Oh my God, I fucking forgot about Jessica Simpson and I'm very excited that you included her. Oh my gosh. She was here and gone. I tried to not include her. All my research just kept leading me towards there's a third person in this whole saga. It's just like we need three white blonde girls. Oh my gosh. Jesus. Oh, telling. All right. That's another story. Yeah, okay. All right. We'll get into it specifically. But, um, Rachel, there was a time. I don't know if you can even remember because time itself right now is hard to <laughs> measure. What is, yeah, anything. So there was a time where we didn't know about all these pop princesses that we're about to talk about. That is true. And it was only one week ago. Is that right? Take it away, past Sam and Rachel. Whoa! Right, my friends, it is time for In the Dark, where Sam and Rachel interview each other to find out just how much they know about this week's topics. And this week's topics being pop princesses, Rachel. Mm, pop Princesses. We each know pop princesses, but we have different ones, don't we? We do indeed. My pop princesses are really from the 80s mm-hmm. and beyond, but I'm going to be talking about pop princesses from the 80s, which is well before you were even born. That is correct. <laughs> I think it might be well before my pop princesses were born. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to look up. A hundred percent, actually, probably. Well, I think that's what's going to be interesting about this week is that like, This is a true generation gap. Yeah. Generations gap. Right. In fact, I would say this is a perfect example of it kind of worked in your generation. And then they just they just corporatized it and pushed out 10,000 more pop princesses for my generation. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess that's the case with everything pop that's culture, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's let's see what we know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so I guess I'll start, Sam. Yes. Uh, pop princesses pew, 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 of the 80s. Whoa, look at those bangs. Um, <laughs> we are talking... Debbie Gibson. We are talking mm-hmm. Tiffany. We are talking motherfucking Madonna. Uh-huh. Talk to me. What do you know about pop princesses of the 80s? Okay. Well, if you are saying that those people are pop princesses, then not a lot. I know Madonna, <laughs> obviously. Like Whatever. a virgin. You're a virgin? And no other songs, right? <laughs> Wait, shut up. You know other Madonna songs. Uh... Name three Madonna songs. <laughs> like a virgin. Okay. I Still a virgin. She she does sweet dreams though she didn't. That's she doesn't write that. She doesn't originate that song. I think she has a version of sweet Jesus dreams. Fucking Christ, we're digging deep. And it's my life by Bon Jovi. What? <laughs> I'm. Oh my god. I don't know. I don't you, know Madonna. People on the podcast can't see how I'm rubbing my face in disbelief right now. I don't care. I don't know Madonna that well. Oh my lanta. This is. I don't know be... if Madonna's American. Don't know. I think that might be a joke about her. I don't know. I don't think that is a joke about her. Uh, she British? No, but she does have this like affectation. When <laughs> yeah, she that's talks. what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I don't know yeah. if she's British or American. Yeah, that was a thing. And um, then, yeah. So okay, right, well, what then, about Debbie Gibson? Right, Debbie Gibson is heir to the Gibson guitar fortune. <laughs> Um, and got a music career due to her daddy's hookups. I can't confirm or deny. I can't Rachel. confirm or deny, actually. Uh, but I think I'm gonna deny. Okay, that sounds right. It sounds can you like name you... a Debbie Gibson song? Yes. Which party in around the pool? Oh, that's right. Her famous hit uh, that was uh, Beach Boys style <laughs> doo-wop. <laughs> party in around the pool, Edie style. Wow. Okay, and then. I mean, there are other pop princesses, but these are the ones that are in my head right sure, now. Sure, yeah. Uh, Tiffany, I doubt you know any of those, but um, just try one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiffany's is, um, I am a girl's best friend. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Cool. Okay, so you don't really know their music. Okay, so it's probably safe to say you don't really know much about the pop princesses of the 80s. Is that true? That's Even Madonna? 100%. Yeah, I don't know a lot about Madonna. I feel like she's such like a icon of music, you know, like to me it was growing up, it was like Michael Jackson and Madonna. Right. I mean, that's what these pop princesses, they are elevated to this status. But as we'll see, I think across the board, I don't know if these people deserve that status. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> pop music is fucked up. <laughs> it's a lot about belly buttons, right. uh, especially oh. your generation. <laughs> oh, and butt cracks. We'll get into it. Your generation is all... Belly buttons and like those two like lines that like I know it's usually for guys, but mm-hmm. like when you wear your pants so low that you can like see the top of the pubes. We'll get to low riding jeans and thong <laughs> showing and all of that. All right. So it sounds like you're pretty in the dark yeah, on my topic. Absolutely. Now Rachel, my mine I think we're just I mean, Madonna's very famous, but how much do you know about the saga between Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera? I know it decent amount actually because i saw like something on vh1 you know it was either like a behind the music or something like that i remember watching a long time ago that's where i get most of my knowledge about that saga specifically but i probably don't know 
everything. <laughs> I can. I just realized the thing that connects our two things. What? And when you said MTV, it reminded me. So Rachel, you don't know a lot about the Britney Christina saga. Okay? No, I know. Well, I know. I know a little bit. You know a little bit. I know a little bit. All right. And and how many other pop princesses would you say that there are in my generation? I feel like there's a lot. Yeah. Wait. I just thought of one really fun thing about your pop princesses. Yeah. And how they connect to my generation. Okay. So one of my favorite shows growing up was the Mickey Mouse Club. And I feel like it was kind of ahead of your time. But when they were little, they were on that show. Or at least Brittany yeah. was on that show. Brittany, Christina. Um, Justin. Justin. Tibbies, yeah. Timberfeet. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, and we're going to do a whole episode about Mickey Mouse Club, but that's another story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pop. I never other, saw I the mean, Mickey I feel Mouse like you guys, I just feel like there are a lot, but it's hard for me to say where they come in, you know? Cause I, I would even think of like Katy Perry almost, but maybe that's some, too much later. Just a little bit later. I might go as far cause I do want to cover how Disney made a lot of these people. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Because then you have Hillary Duff. Late game, right? I know that's what I'm talking about. Uh, We're gonna go there, okay? Hillary Duff, and then because Hillary Duff is just the precursor to Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus, and what's the other girl? (laughs) The other girl, she's like famous now. Ariana Grande? No, oh my god. Selena Gomez? Yes, yes, her. Yeah, yeah, that's Nickelodeon, I think. I think she might be Nickelodeon. But yeah, like those kinds of like those crossovers of Disney stuff, like that. That was way after my time, and I right. have no idea. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I mean, I think we just have to get into how the music industry and in and, and, and the media industry in general just like makes these people, thrives off them, and then totally discards Destroys them. them. Yeah, and, and there's such a. I'm sure we're going to get into this, but there's such a weird thing specifically with your generation's pop princesses yes. of purity and virginity and them like being pop stars which is like so fucking weird. now i'm a virgin but i don't i don't put that choice on right. other people and i'm like a virgin <laughs> <laughs> touched for the very first time right um but yeah that, so we'll definitely have to get into that back to you future sam and rachel Wow. Wow. Sam thought a Bon Jovi song was <laughs> was by... All right. I knew a lot more Madonna than I thought I did. I don't know. I will say that we figured out what you were talking about when you said something like Son of a Preacher Man or something. Right. Yes. You were talking about Papa Don't Preach. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. I know. I knew a few more Madonna songs than I, uh, than I originally did thought. Did you though? Also, uh, I said in the dark that my pop princesses weren't born, but that's not true. Britney Spears born in 1981, so oh, she yeah. was around. Okay. She would have seen those people and idolized yeah, them. Yeah, that's and what I was really wondering about that, yeah, you know? Because yeah. I think, like, you know, no matter who you're talking about, all of, like, I was thinking about, like, Taylor Swift. I mean, if we're talking about, well, I don't know, I guess, should we jump right in? We're <laughs> jumping in. I all feel right. like this one, it, more than other, time. 
We could go in time, but we're talking about this as a thing. If we are going yeah, in time. Yeah, we could just talk about this, like, willy-nilly. I know. This is last. Yeah, okay. All right. Let's go all willy-nilly. All right. So I, I feel like. Also, uh, willy-nilly, a whale movie Rachel's never seen. Um, <laughs> what is it, animated? <laughs> so, um, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the history, then, if we're going to go in chronological Please. order. Because I, when I was doing my thing, I was, like, kind of thinking, like, oh, yeah, well, like, is this unique to the 90s or the 80s? And I, I, in my research, I found like, oh yeah, I guess you could kind of consider, I, at first I was thinking, what is a pop princess, Rachel? Let's talk about this. What is a pop princess? Right. And this Pop, (laughs) as in short sound or popping corn, princess, as in daughter of a queen, heir to the throne, put them together, you've got a popcorn queen. Is that it, right? It is so fun to be married to you. So they, <laughs> <laughs> the definition of pop princess I came up with is that they are corporate assembled female sex music dance icons that are meant to appeal to teens and young adults. Okay. <laughs> they almost exclusively have little to no creative or executive control over their own careers. Okay. I actually have got to stop you there. Yeah. I think that the definition changes over time because in my general research of my gals, uh, from the eighties, I don't think there was as much corporate, uh, creation to start at least in the beginning of their careers as, uh, what happened later on because I feel like once we got through um you know boy bands and we started to create pop princesses once we created like what in sync or whomever like all these bands that were like or 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 the spice girls uh groups that were created by other people and like had auditions and assembled them together i do think that that is true i don't think i would put like debbie gibson necessarily under that but umbrella but let's be honest i'm not great at history so yeah i, don't know. I, I can't say exactly what what spurned those people but Same i think Madonna, that that is a theme and there are exceptions to those rules yeah. but i think that these uh, artists being out of control over their own fates is uh, is more true than not in a There's lot of a these huge, examples. I mean, especially with like, oh my God, Britney Spears. Wait, what did you say? Sex robot dancers? What was se- it? Sex music <laughs> dance icons. Corporate <laughs> assembled female sex music dance icons. Wow, so my popcorn queen wasn't quite right. Well, I mean, I just made this up, so you might I, be more technically correct. I like it. Okay. Um, so... Uh, I was thinking that, so some of these original pop princesses could be considered like the doo-wop Motown girl groups of the 60s, right? Oh, that's true, yeah. Because they were like, oh, it's it's like corporately assembled and it's like meant to do this thing. And Who, like the Ronettes or whatever? Exactly. Yeah. In fact, in looking about it, I found that Phil Spector, famous uh, music <laughs> producer. Music producer slash murderer. murderer. <laughs> Is said to be the first tycoon of teen. And for anyone who's listening and is like, what are you guys talking about? This is like a favorite topic, obviously, in the uh, DeRostenthal uh, household over here, which is that Sam loves Phil Spector's holiday album. It really is fantastic. It's got the Ronettes and all these groups. Uh, But he also was a murderer and a convicted Oh, he went to jail. I think he died in jail. Um, but people still listen to his music, <laughs> right? Uh, you know. Well, I mean, yeah. It's it's. I I mean, it's, it's in the, in this world where we try to cancel all the problematic music thing. It's like he produced that music, so it's like, well, yeah. But he murdered something. You know, it's not like 
it's not like allegedly it's and like convicted murder blind spots because yep. you know michael jackson is a huge part of my my like musical right. upbringing and actually i in, i thought a lot I, I referenced him a lot when i was like re- researching this week just because in my head i always put madonna and michael jackson together king of pop queen of pop let's talk about this michael jackson is a pop princess I mean, if if mm-hmm. we if we just open this up, you know, and not gender it. I mean, Michael Jackson. Right. I mean, uh, was a part of a group, one of those Motown groups, and then was uh, ascended to stardom. Now, all these people are talented. When I say that they're like corporately assembled or whatever, I'm not saying these people can't sing. Right. I'm not saying these people can't dance. But also, we live, we work in the arts, Rachel. Lots of people can sing and dance. Mm-hmm. And some people did. Get... Someone just hand me a cane. <laughs> and as we'll see, a lot of these people, it's almost like they cast people almost on their sex appeal more than their talent. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, Britney Spears. Well, yeah. We'll get into it. So that's kind of what I was thinking is the history of this tradition. I mean, Elvis. I mean, all these things where an industry makes you into a titan and then needs to destroy you to create another titan to replace you, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just that cycle that keeps going on. So so how does this story pick up in the 80s? Well, (laughs) 1988. Rachel was a nine-year-old... Uh, dramatic, always wanting the spotlight little girl. And Sam's parents had almost met. (laughs) And uh, I, myself, I thought of myself as someone who would be a star one day. I thought of myself as a singer-songwriter. Sam, you know, we literally a couple days ago just watched video from that era when uh my 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 friend nicole sent a video over from a birthday party that we attended in like 1987 and in it i am just like give me attention give me attention spotlight spotlight i'm blowing kisses to the camera i constantly keep going like like oh thank you thank you like acting like the camera is there for me so like i really thought that that was i thought i was gonna be one of those people you know so when debbie gibson came into my life mm-hmm. she was like just a couple years older than me no so, okay all right so yeah how old are you and how does debbie gibson come into so your life? debbie gibson uh comes into my life via a cassette tape for sure uh but she uh like i did a little research on her this week obviously and i found out that she started songwriting at age five now to be fair so did I. I mean, so does every five-year-old. Yeah, and some of mine are bangers. Um, but <laughs> she apparently won a huge songwriting contest when she was twelve years old. Like she actually won a thousand dollars, which in nineteen eighty what five was like kind of a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, and so after that, I think her parents were like, "Oh, you know what? She does really have talent," and they they like hired someone to teach her how to like arrange and engineer and produce her own music. Cause she was already writing a ton of songs. Um, and, but by the time she turned 15, which was like in 1985, she had already recorded like a hundred of her own songs. So I think one of the things that for me will stand out about Debbie Gibson is that she did do all her own shit. 
She not, she wrote all her own music. She recorded and like engineered and stuff like in her whatever studio as a child. And she got signed by Atlantic Records at like 15 or 16 years old. So super young. That's crazy young. Yeah. And like, and, and at the same time uh, as Debbie Gibson was rising to stardom, so was Tiffany. Now, here's the thing about Tiffany is like there's not as much to write in the history books about Tiffany because she really only had like one song that I at least remember. Uh, and it was a cover. It was on really? your list. Yeah, I listened listen to, to it. it. Yeah. I think we're alone now, alone now. Wait, right? so... Her only song's a cover? It's a cover. Yeah. That song's a cover. Um, but So what, where did Tiffany come from? Well, <laughs> exactly. I mean, she had a similar story. She was like a really young little songwriter. Um, but she was, once like she was, you know, noticed or discovered, she was like performing in malls. Yeah, I have and a question. And that was a huge thing. I have, I have a huge question about this. <laughs> Never once in my life have I ever seen a mall concert that wasn't Christmas carolers. Yeah. How? What I I saw this music video and everyone is wearing this um this shade of <laughs> yeah. denim that only existed in the 80s, this very that light, light blue shade of denim. <laughs> yeah, it's like and, neon color. Oh, oh. I, I honestly the whole 1980s the look, hey, the music hey, I, I honestly it. feel like it's a little Truman show. Like I I am not 100% convinced that it exists, <laughs> and part of doing this podcast is you trying to shake Prove me it. out of that psychosis. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I, I would say, like, in general, the mall was just, it was an event, you know? The mall was a place to go. Um, You know, like... I hear that, but it just, it it does sound so old to say, like, the mall was a place you just went to. Well, welcome to the fucking generation gap, okay? (laughs) That is what this is about. When I was, like, 14, 13, that's where I would go. I would go to the mall, and I would go there with my friends, and we would hang out. My Most moms would drop their kids off at the mall. My mom would be like, take the city bus. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, it was a place to go. But I mean, anyway. I went to the mall as a teen, too, okay? I get it. But the mall I went to was not a concert venue. <laughs> it was not full of this fantastical 80s stuff. It but just like- had shops and there was what is that Panda Express there was literally a movie filmed at the Stamford Mall so my hometown mall uh, called Scenes from a Mall and it was notoriously bad I never saw it but it had it was starring I think Bette Miller and Woody Allen fuck that guy by the way but uh, that's who was in it and because I was like a young actor like every kid I knew was like we're gonna be extras in that movie it was just a movie about a mall but anyway Tiffany was like 12 when she started touring okay 12 years old and then when she was like I don't know 13 or 14 she was signed so similarly to me these girls seemed it seemed attainable like I was at home writing my music as you've heard before uh and to me I was like well I'm them and they are me right and truthfully that's not far off right like the difference between you and them was blonde hair blonde hair and just like corporate encouragement (laughs) I'm not saying that these people didn't get there uh with their own merits but it, it certainly helped to have that 
Um, or parental. <laughs> I, right, right. I mean, well, not that my parents... Well, they had to show mom. Like, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, there yeah. was, like, uh, there had to have been some kind of thing around them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, like, you say that, you're like, as a child, it just seems so attainable. And, like, I'm an adult now, and looking back, I'm like, that's before the age of consent. Like, these girls cannot... Super young. But consent listen. to this, like, lifestyle yes. of... Thing. And you have to hope that they have good parents, right? Like, oh. I think that that's the main issue that we see in child stars in any media, right? But I, I do know. think, like, I, yeah. Debbie Gibson, for example, like, I don't know much about her childhood. But I do think, like, it seems like she had pretty good parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's a fun fact about uh, Debbie Gibson. She still today holds the record for being, she was the youngest person in history to write, perform, and produce a number one single. That That's awesome. That's pretty cool. It was Foolish Beat. For all of you Gibson heads out there. Hey, all you Gibson heads. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. That is cool. Um, especially because we know most of these pop princesses that we'll be talking about today don't write or produce any of their own music. I don't think we'll talk about a single other one that exclusively... Oh, we'll touch on one that helps write. But um, yeah. exclusively writes? No. Um, one thing I, I, I liked about Debbie, so, so for me, like memory wise, I remember being in my parents' house and having my friends over for my birthday or just to hang out and we would just make up dances to Debbie Gibson songs. And it's so funny because I thought they were like the most brilliant songs in the world. And when you listen to them now, like my favorite, I played it for you today, it was like Electric Youth. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the name of the album as well. And that was the title track. And uh, it's like so much synth and it's like, and it's so many like electric sounds. And then the first lyric of the song is zapping it to you, just in case you didn't know that it was electric themed. She starts with zapping it to you. It's crazy. All of the songs you had me listen to, honestly, I and I think it's this is just the generation gap here, is that they remind me of bad video game music. And I think that's because what what technology passed for cutting-edge music in 1987 yeah. became easy to format for video game, but still felt hip in 1994. Five well, you or said, whatever. When did Sonic the Hedgehog come out? This is not the last time we're going to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog on this episode. I do remember you saying like this song sounds like a Sonic the Hedgehog like Absolutely. musical. I think it's like 1993 or yeah. something. Sonic the Hedgehog. So yeah, and and to be fair, because we watched a documentary recently about video games, didn't they purposely make that music like it was supposed to be kind of annoying? Like yeah. they were like it's and, supposed to get like be annoying yeah, and like and in your face, edgy, yeah. edgy, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of the deal. Like, uh, I think like, um, you know, Tiffany and, and Debbie were similar in that way. Madonna is in a whole other, you know, the queen of pop. She's the queen. Right. And, you know, she, she's a multi-instrumentalist. So she does, you know, I think have the stuff behind her, you know, she does. I think she plays guitar and drums and maybe something else. But she was, like, always trying. She was in a band. Like, she was trying to make it in music. And then I think she kind of hit it when she was, like, 25 or something like Mm -hmm. that. And the music that I had us focus on for this episode was specifically music from her first early albums. Like, first two or three albums. Um, Because that's what influenced me so much as a little girl. 
I do want to mention, I'm not the only little girl out there who was influenced by Debbie Gibson. We actually uh, messaged some of our friends and we wanted to see who else had some memories of uh, some of these pop princesses. So I thought we could play really quick this clip from my best friend, Matt Fisher. All right. Let's cue up the clip. All right. All right. August 8th, 1989, 7 p.m., at Lake Compounds Park in Lake Compounds, Connecticut, I went to my first ever concert, Debbie Gibson. Uh, my cousin, my older cousin Lori, brought me, um, and it was amazing. It was, I, I, there was nothing like it. And I didn't understand about encores. And so they did the whole concert and they never played Electric Youth. And I was, you know, entranced, but a little disappointed. And uh, came back out flipped around all the stage pieces so that they looked like castles, like that castle set from the Electric Youth video. And little Matt Fisher just about died. Wow. That is so funny. Uh, Fisher, thank you for submitting that. And I totally feel you on that encore thing. I know, yeah, right? The first time you go to a concert, no one ever tells you. But it is a dumb concept. So it's, it's like so it's over stupid. and they leave and you pretend it's over, then you cheer and then they come back out. Like, oh my gosh, it's like the same thing with like curtain call and a play. It's just like, just get everybody out there and we can applaud for you. Like <laughs> whenever it's like, oh, we're going to do tiered bows and then an extra bow for the lead. It's just like, come on. you know. Now, I do just because this is the Gem Gap show, I do think we just have to say, and I know you know this, but because Matt Fisher just spoke, uh, he was obviously a big Debbie Gibson fan. I surprised him by singing at his wedding. I was one of his grooms people and I sang Lost in Your Eyes by Debbie Gibson with the band at his wedding, and it was kind of fucking magical. Wow. So. That's really special. You're welcome, America. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah, I, I think I've gained a respect for Debbie Gibson. The Madonna stuff, it didn't wow me. Like, if I'm just going to be real, like, I listen back to the big Madonna hits, or even, like, the later stuff, if, whatever, I've listened to it all, you guys. Yeah. It's just not... Well, here's the thing. Deserving of the top spot, All if right. I'm just going to be real. Just cool it. Timing, Just sure. cool it. Talent, well, I don't know. Here's the thing, though, with her, is that she evolved, and she continues to evolve. Right. And I think, she's to Jewish me... <laughs> yeah, she's a Kabbalahist. Um, but she has always evolved, and she's always made herself... Um, I don't know, like have a stamp on whatever is going on. Like at the time, like I just think music has changed and music production has changed. And if you had her early albums, her voice wasn't amazing. And she was really self-conscious about that. I read. Thank you, Wikipedia. Uh, she didn't have this great voice. She used to do this kind of like high affectation to her voice mm -hmm. when she sang. And then later on, I feel like she kind of embraced that she's just an alto and she should stop doing that weird like thing but i mean come on think about britney spears and her fucking oh weird stuff God. she does to of her course, voice right of course. i think it's just like women thinking that they have to sound like someone else or be someone else in order to be accepted by the public the music industry everything 100 percent, because they are the ones telling you you have to do this or we don't <laughs> accept you yeah <laughs> i wonder why they feel that way <laughs> but i think madonna just she laid the groundwork for so much yeah. uh club music pop music 
Um, all I mean, a dance music of all kinds. There would be none of that today without her, right? The number one influence is obviously Lady Gaga, who I'm not going to be able to touch on. I feel like that's just like right after the yeah. era I'm talking about. But and and Lady Gaga also got famous a uh, little later in life and is a very accomplished songwriter and stuff. So there's a lot of the pitfalls that she was able to avo- avoid while being. But obviously that feels like Madonna's direct heir to that like club music, like yeah. city kid kind of thing. Because as we'll talk about with a lot of my pop princesses, they don't come from the city. Yeah, mine do. Yeah. Yeah. Mine aren't well, metro. at least Madonna. I think Madonna. Madonna's huge metro. She thinks that she's from London. She <laughs> yeah. thinks she's a London Jew. <laughs> but she like, she like uh, is one of the most famous musical artists, female at least, of all time. Yeah. Um, she sold more than 300 million records worldwide uh, and is basically recognized as like the best-selling female recording artist of all time. And the only people that have sold more records worldwide are the Beatles, Elvis Presley, and Michael Jackson. Wow. All men. So, you know, if you put it in that kind of perspective, I mean, she was huge. And I will say, like, I didn't really listen to a lot of her later stuff. She really was, for me, like, childhood. But I fucking loved her. And um, I have to play for you (laughs) this clip of me in 1988. I don't know if it'll be good enough quality to keep in the pod, but we'll see. But me and the... I I have this... uh, this cassette tape of me singing in 1988 and 1989. Uh, I do three different versions on this cassette tape of La Isla Bonita by Madonna. Wow. So I want to play one of those for you. All right. Here's the clip. Now, you know, I've done a lot of shows a long time, and I'm kind of into the business. Well... I'm going to sing a song. It's by Madonna, and it's one of my favorite songs. It goes like this. Last night, last night, I dreamt of San Pedro. Just like I knew before I knew this song. Young girls with eyes like the desert. It all seems like yesterday, not far away. Tropical, the island breeze, all that makes it wild and free. This is where I'm to be, Letty Slap Bonita. And when the sample plays, someone says a high recumate and sing us your Spanish lullaby. Wow. <laughs> that was special, Rachel. Thank you. Yeah. Did you know? I didn't realize you were in the biz that oh, young. I you've am been really in, in the you've biz. You've been in a lot of shows. That's I, special. There's so much more of that. I can't even tell you. I clearly don't know any of the words. Uh, but hey, that hey. just kind of shows you the influence that all these girls had on me as a little girl. That's what they're designed to do. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. And yeah. Anyway. That's great. Thank you. Is that the 80s? Can I say one more thing? You must. I must. Which is that a lot of these um, pop pop princesses um, and and female pop stars, uh, they they moved from music into other arenas of performance. And I feel like you see that a lot with these kinds of um, performers. So, for example, with Debbie Gibson, she was really she literally hit her peak at like age 17 and then she was done. Uh, her albums weren't selling as well, but she became a Broadway actress. 
and she was in like touring shows and Broadway shows and West End shows. And she like had a lot of success doing that. Wow. Madonna switched. I mean, she Madonna still produces albums today. I actually think Debbie Gibson does too, to be fair. But Madonna's done stuff forever, but she did a lot of acting, right? Like she was in uh, Dick Tracy, one of my favorites, uh, Desperately Seeking Susan. Evita was the one that got her all the accolades. Um, And I feel like you see that with a lot of like pop princesses. I think about like, I don't know. J-Lo and other triple threats like yeah, that, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they get somebody in the pike that's so talented, right? All these people are hyper talented and they go, um, instead of taking a chance on somebody, what if I just cashed in on this person's name? <laughs> I know they can do it. They don't usually act, but how hard could it be? It's just a movie. Well, that especially for Britney, right? Like, so let's let's move into let's move into pop princesses of your generation, the Sam. late nineties, the golden age of pop princesses. Right. Cool it. No, it cool is. Cool it. It is. When You're... we ruined pop forever. Oh <laughs> no, I think this is pop. Yeah, this is pop when it when it ruled. It had officially killed guitar music by 1998, I think, and um, and yeah, and Britney was reigning supreme. All right, yeah. now you were a young girl being influenced by these young girls. Sure. I was a young boy, yeah, who had to resist Britney and Christina and InSync and all this stuff because I was, you know, seven years old in 1998. So I'm inclined to like pop music. Now I had an older brother that told me I didn't. Now, I did not like this bubblegum pop music. I, I liked the grunge rock of the 90s, the early 90s, like he did. Right. He tells you what you like. Exactly. Just like the pop stars are told what they are. Exactly. And who That's they why be. I relate to their plight. <laughs> no. Um, so, anyway, Britney comes onto the scene, and I have to resist. But guess what, Rachel? Wow. My brother, Matt, who I will talk about endlessly on this podcast, he burned me all those all of my first CDs. He told me all the music that I liked. What's a CD? A CD <laughs> is a newfangled way of listening to music where instead of a cassette, it's all on a CD-ROM. Well, I don't know if I need that kind of fancy technology what? there. Uh, you got to be careful. You got to get a no-skip disc band if you want to move with it. No-skip? <laughs> all right. So, uh, uh, so the first album that I ever bought with my own money... Ooh, I love this game. ...is Britney Spears... And Pink, Misunderstood. Ooh, Pink is so good. Those are my first two. And Pink definitely deserves a shout-out in the pop princess world, though I'm not going to get into her (laughs) too much here. Yeah, I also think of her as like a rock. Um, That's the thing. There's different flavors. She's so great. Uh, They, 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 you know, there's, uh, you know, Britney Christina, it's who can be Queen Vanilla. But there is a lot of different flavors of pop princess out there. Um, And we'll get into those. But What was the album that you bought? Was it... Hit me, Hit me baby, baby one, one more time. time. Yeah. Mm. It's got to be that. Yeah, I mean, she comes onto the scene. She's got the schoolgirl outfit. Can we do a how old were you? Yeah, I mean, oh, I must have been like seven or eight. It was like 1999 or so, right? Yeah, 1998, I think. Yeah. And and just like for generation cap purposes, I was, um, you know, a junior in college in in that time. Sure. And my boyfriend and his roommates like. Which is more than we could say for Britney Spears. Had a, um, the like, hit me baby one more time, Britney poster yeah. hanging in the bathroom. Wow. As like a, 
kind of like a joke, but kind of not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Britney is. I mean, let's let's talk about it. Britney, it's Britney, bitch. Right? Like, what did you just call me? It's Britney, bitch. <laughs> she is the pop princess. If we were talking about uh, not having control over your career or executive things, she's like legally not allowed to be in control of her stuff. She's yeah. the one who broke down and shaved her head. Like, she is case A1 of this whole phenomenon going too far. And, like I said, this started with a murderer. So it took us a long time to catch on that this was an unhealthy uh, uh We still haven't quite caught on. I, do we have to explain this Britney Spears thing to folks who may not listen to as many podcasts as we do? I think that people are very aware that Britney Spears had a public breakdown. Um, I can't remember the year. Um, it was. I think it was 2007. 2007. Only because I listened to a lot of podcasts about this shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah uh, so, yeah, around 2007, Britney Spears had a, uh, a breakdown and shaved her head. All right. Um, yeah. There's also some other stuff with Britney. I'm not going into the history of Britney or Britney's current legal status. Yeah, I'm no. talking about her status as a pop princess, which is reigning at the top. Mm-hmm. Because Britney, and then Britney's with Christina, okay? And they both started in the Mickey Mouse Club. So let's talk about how yes. Disney is complicit in all this. Uh huh. And the funny thing is, Sam, you've never seen the Mickey Mouse Club. I have. I had to watch it this week for my research. It was oh, the okay. first time I ever saw it. Was and it's so funny because you just watched the Mickey Mouse Club, and it is just tiny famous children <laughs> but their heads are the same size it's so weird they look like little bobbleheads of famous people and they're singing with kid voices just songs and it was crazy i saw this uh, uh britney and justin timberlake performing a love song together like and i'm like you are at fault here disney like are you saying that you didn't put the ideas into this young girl's head that she should marry justin timberlake and then they become this like pop couple together like it's insane but we like we will do another episode that encompasses the mickey mouse club because for me like as a little girl who wanted to be a performer this was one of those shows where it was like it showcased performers and i was like i want to be on this you know honestly it made me so uncomfortable (laughs) watching the mickey mouse club it was just like it would be like a young christina aguilera being like i'm just gonna show you some things that i cook in my kitchen like these are how you make brownies and it's like insane and you're like you're 12 you're 12 and i just was researching about how your childhood was kind of rough so and the craziest thing too well i'm sure you're going to get into this but like i know from my the behind the music or whatever i watched about christina that like just because britney kind of came out or came to light first Christina always seemed to be like a little bit in her shadow, which is crazy because Christina Aguilar is the most talented fucking vocalist ever. And Britney Spears sucks, in my opinion. Hold on, hold on. Britney (laughs) Spears does not suck. But but here's the thing. Comparatively. Here's the thing. Yes. And I think Britney rightfully deserves to be at the top of what we're talking about today, which is pop princesses. And part of that being that it's out of your control and part of that being because this thing is not based on talent. Right. Right. Being a pop princess is not being is not based on talent. That's why Christina's number two. Because for the record, Christina Aguilar's voice is I think she's probably a better dancer too. She's she's definitely a better actor. She's not great, but she's better than Britney. And it's all all these things it, it it just goes to show you that none of that matters when it comes to these people because Britney sold almost twice the albums, right? I, I just do want to get into how they were marketed, I guess, right? Because Britney is this, like, I, 
you know, like, kind of like... So, first of all, all pop princesses start with an innocent phase. Mm, the naughty. Innocent, no, not Don't yet. Don't be naughty. The innocent phase, okay? I feel like the first one's Especially like... Disney. Oh, no. Like, sometimes it's straight up innocent. Like, when I'm... This is where we'll bring Jessica Simpson into this. Oh my God! Jessica Shout out Simpson. to Jessica Simpson. I was I was uh, researching stuff, and Jessica Simpson was talking about how she uh, resisted a lot of the imaging that the studio wanted her to do at first. She wanted to have more conservative clothing because she wanted to respect her Christian background and do that whole jazz, right? Um, cut to her second album, crop top, low rise jeans, right? Because that is what ends up. Defining what a bad girl looks like well, in I, 1999. I think that this is the fucking weird, gross, just fucked up stuff that we got to get into about these 90s pop princesses, which is specifically this intersection between you're good, but we're going to dress you kind of naughty, right? Like, and by the way, you're a virgin, right? But you're singing a song called hit me baby. One more time. It was just so confusing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just that thing that just repressed sexuality that the 90s was all about because of this whole satanic panic thing. I feel like there was just, like, a lot of, like, virtuosity and, like, purity going on in the 90s. And, by the way, Madonna, like, there was so much of this, like, and it wasn't just the 90s. This was forever, right? I mean, only the good die young. Billy Joel's song. I love Billy Joel, as you know. Uh, Only the good die young was, like, banned, because it was a song where he was trying to convince Catholic girls to have sex before marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Madonna, talking about pop princesses, she had the song Justify My Love. And the, um, do like you know that version. song? Yeah. Justify My Love. Which, by the way, I didn't love the song. But uh, at the time, probably because I was like scared of sexuality because I was too young. But it was banned because the video showed like, you know bisexuality and sadomasochism and like all these kinds of different right whatever and people were like no no one can see this and that was banned right well uh, good news for you rachel they found a way to make money off of it 10 years later (laughs) all right so now it's allowed and they're forcing girls to do it so They've got uh, Jessica Simpson now with low-rise jeans on. And this was the look. Okay, let's get into the fashion yeah, let's first. Fucking, I would love to talk about the fashion of Pop Princesses. Okay, because, I mean, 80s fashion is a, is, is a circus show, so... But it's also important, by the way. We got we, You can't ignore it. I feel <laughs> like you want to ignore 80s fashion. I don't believe it ever truly existed. Okay. That is my actual to opinion. everyone over the age of 30 listening to this, I got your fucking back. All right. First of all, 80s fashion was insane, but we cannot skip over it. And and, um, Madonna specifically was a huge creator of this trend. Right. So Madonna is 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 one person who was like a little bit punk mixed into her pop. Right. It was like punk. It was pop. So she had like, you know, the lace like the, the fishnet stockings and lace gloves and like denim skirts that were very short and like mismatched uh, colors and stuff like that. And because Madonna wore it, everybody wore it. 
including little Ray Ro, right? Um, we would wear a ban- a weird bandana on our arm because a pop star did, you know? So what they did really influenced fashion, especially what little girls wore, you know? So when you cut to Britney and all of them, like all you can't, you know, all of that happens because of what came before it. And by the way, obviously everything that happened in the 80s happened because of what happened in the 70s. Right. Like this is not a new concept. Right. You know. Right. For sure. Pop culture dictating the masses. Right. Right. And in the 90s, though, it did mean a lot of belly. Oh, my God. God. If you are into bellies. If you like bellies, you'll the love the 90s. 90s. Oh, man. If you like if you're into like. Pants that are so low that like a little butt crack shows and like there. I remember specifically seeing an article (laughs) in a magazine when I was like in eighth grade (laughs) that was like how they were trying to get butt crack to be the new cleavage. Yes. And, And you know how? Thongs. Thongs. Because well, thongs, like, they hid the butt crack because, <laughs> I'm I'm sorry to tell you, they couldn't flip it. Butt crack, it's funny. Cleavage is sexy and butt crack, it's funny, and I don't know why. Well, it's like, what, it are plumbers about to become the most right. sexy people on the planet? Like, I don't know. But, like, I, you know, as a girl who was around in that time, I... My pants were so low and I actually still have a couple like I probably have like one pair in my closet right now, like low rise jeans and they are so uncomfortable uh, to perform in. Like I just remember doing like a North Coast show and I put on this like old pair of jeans and I'm like, oh my God, everyone's going to see my butt. Like what a weird time. So weird. What a weird time. And like even the front too. Like I don't need to see the very top of someone's pubes. Like. Very low. What the hell? And and I gotta say, I follow Brittany on Instagram because she's crazy. Yeah. And she still dresses that way. It's like she's frozen in time. It's I'm really sure. weird. Sure. Well, it's she's really gotta weird. be Brittany, you know? It's not like she can just not be Brittany. Yeah. Yeah, so this this is the fashion and this is what is dictated to people whose albums aren't selling well. Your albums aren't selling well? Well, maybe you should show more stomach like Britney Spears, like Christina Aguilera, right? You, If you weren't flat as hell in your abs, yeah. you were, like, disgusting. Yeah. And remember when, like, after Britney, like, you know, she kind of, like, went out and went and back in, they kind of, like, scoffed at her for this, like, there was this one performance, I think it was, like, I don't know if it was the VMAs or what it was, but she did seem like she was maybe on drugs. Like she was super weird and out of it at this performance. She's Um, a rock star. Come on. But she did like she had like her abs maybe weren't an eight pack anymore. And people were like, she's gained weight. And it was like she look. I would kill (laughs) for those abs. Are you kidding me? Like, it was insane. Yeah, How many kids has she had? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think she lost custody of them, but. No, no, she's got... She did temporarily. She might have gotten back. By the way, uh, if we're talking about Britney Spears, we do have a clip here of our friend Mel. Oh, okay. Talking a little bit about Britney. Uh, I had Fisher talk about Debbie, and you've got Mel talking about Britney, bitch. let's go to the clip. Hi, Sam and Rachel. My name is Mel, and Britney was my queen. Uh, I remember the MTV making the video episode of Lucky, and I recorded it on a a VHS tape, and I remember I would watch it probably once a day for a solid month. I was just obsessed with, like, the whole uh, making the video process, and that song was my jam and still is. Oh, we love it. 
Wow. Thank you, Mel. Thank you, Mel. That reminds me, by the way, just the power of the music video, which, by the way, definitely started in the 80s with Madonna. Yeah. And then went forward. And I remember watching, like, I'm making the video. They used to do those, like, behind the scenes with the videos. I think it was Toxic of a Britney video of making Toxic, like, I'm Toxic, I'm slipping under. It was the sexiest shit I've ever seen. Toxic, um... Here's a little insight oh, into Sam's character. Yeah, Pod, Pod's going to get a little weird for a second. Let's but, do it. Um, uh, that was like right when my uh, family came out, or we, we had like TiVo, where you could like pause and rewind and slow-mo TV. Oh, I know what TiVo is. And I put that to pretty good use on Toxic, I'll oh, say that. okay. All right, so... Um, but Mel brings up a great point about uh, some of Britney's music, Lucky in particular. It's so funny that Mel... Um, Loved the making of the video about a song about a character that is a, like a pop princess that's like represents Britney. It's just very meta what Mel yeah, was into. Yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. All right, very cool. Um, so we kind of talked about Britney. I feel like we've we've gone into Britney. So let's talk about the person who unfortunately is pitted against Britney for her entire life. And I'm not saying career. I'm saying life because their career started when they were eight and they're pinned against each other. Now, if you talk to Brittany or Christina, they don't have issues with each other. They've known each other since they were eight. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they don't yeah. hate on each other. Though, I I mean, you could... I, if there's a comment where Christina's like, yeah, I'm jealous of Brittany. Like, I'm sure she would be, right? Like, Christina's got to feel like, why don't I have as much as Britney does? Now, Christina has more than any one of us has, so fucking don't listen to her. But, like, <laughs> my point is that, like, Christina deserves to have as much as Britney, and she doesn't, right? And she maybe had a harder road to get there um, and has earned it more. But I think that time has shown, like, Christina has the voice. And uh, Christina has been able to, I think, survive... Long term, I think like people would rather listen to, to a new Christina's well, album yes, than a new Britney album. For sure, right? I mean because yeah, Britney's got the nostalgic pop, but right. but Christina's actually got a voice that I'm like if if Christina like especially right now we're record when we're recording this right now it's the holiday season like I would kill for a Christina holiday jam right I now. I think it's like in her first album, I think like the first one of the first things she did was holiday. She has the greatest. I I think about the song like um what was that that Moulin Rouge song that yes. had like everyone in it in yeah. it. I just think about her solo in that song and like it blows my mind. It's like when Nicki Minaj did did her verse in mm. in a in a monster. Mm-hmm. It like to me it was like Christina did her verse in that Moulin Rouge song and I was just like I would just rewind it and listen to it over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christina, I I think this just goes to show you how much uh you know, it, it could be branding or is it songwriting because these people aren't writing their own songs, right? I remember watching in my behind the music thing about Christina um, her first single was um, Genie in a Bottle. Right. And she didn't want it to, she didn't want that song because, no. again, like you said, they didn't write their own shit. They were no Debbie Gibson. Right. But um, her agents and whomever, like, were like, no, you're going to do Genie in a Bottle. And she was like, that song doesn't show off my voice. Right. And it didn't. I remember hearing that song and being like, that song's fine. Yeah. And then when I heard her actually sing, I was like, damn. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it just goes to show you how much these people don't. No. 
all oh, these. Who knows? Th- maybe that song launched her career, and then she was able to sing, do "Dirty" and all that other stuff. Or right? it was always going to work with that much money. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like when if you insi- if it, it's advertising, you know what I mean? If you hear a song enough times, you respect it. <laughs> you know what I mean? At the end of the day, even if you don't like it, so. Uh, I, I think also just Max Martin, who wrote a lot of the Britney songs and a lot of the boy band songs yeah. and even Katy Perry songs later, just that guy turns out bangers and he wasn't writing for Christina at the time. Uh, I think they did something later, um, but it just wasn't the big hit. And and I was looking in who was Christina's, you know, yeah, Swedish guy it? behind the scenes. And there was, I couldn't find one. And I, maybe there is one in listeners. You well, know. ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm here today to tell you. It was me. Wow, Rachel. Yeah. Yes. Wow, Thank you, you wrote Jeannie in Thanks, a bottle everybody. and insisted that she sang Thank it. Thank you so much. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like I'm always obsessed with like the people that are actually writing the pop music that we're hearing. Um, and it's they're all they're all Swedish, turns out. And they all have weird American pseudonyms. <laughs> and um, but it, it it just goes to show you that like these are all performers and they perform the crap out of what they're given. But at the end of the day, they're only as strong as their handlers, you know? Um, and that's why when no one cares about the person inside, that's how that's how a Britney goes crazy. I got a couple other pop princesses from my generation here. I got Mandy Moore. She was there. Oh, Mandy. Yeah. Love her. Yeah, I do too. I couldn't find anything significant you know she was exactly the same um situation where they made her super virginal right. and all that shit and then yeah it just seems like same story is all beyonce mm-hmm. destiny's child is definitely in here but i would definitely think beyonce's her own thing all right because she's definitely in control of her own career well and, and is a good example of somebody who got out however she got out because here's the thing. She was in this before Destiny's Child. She was in the, again, she was like a little Debbie Gibson too. Mm-hmm. She was in this um, trio. I forget what it was called. Um, but it was assembled by the powers that be. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I listened to a whole podcast about it. It was awesome um, about them. And so basically like she was in this group. Uh, they were assembled. Everyone auditioned. And then they ran those girls through routines every day. And then they went on star search and that was supposed to be their big break. They didn't win, whatever. But that's where Beyonce started was in one of those kind of like man made and controlled groups. Mm -hmm. And then um, they found, you know, obviously she eventually found her own way after that was Destiny's Child. And then eventually she got to do her own thing. Right. Right. I mean, she paid her dues. She went through the system multiple times. But yeah, um, it, it just goes to show you, though, like you can't, you know, I mean. I'm not going to say it's easy to go against those corporate overlords that are feeding you tons of money, but there is ways to get out. I got some shout outs here. I got a shout out to Pink. Shout out to Hillary Duff, who is at the tail end of the thing. And as I discussed in the uh, in the dark part, kind of paves the way for Miley Cyrus. Uh, Gwen Stefani. They, they took my Gwen Stefani, babe. I love No Doubt. I'm a huge No Doubt fan. You think she was a pop princess? I I kept I seeing her, her on her these way. lists because I think she does become one. She started out as literally just like like the girl, just of, a girl. She was just a girl, I'm just a girl in the world. And then like, but yeah, like I, thought, the big, I think of her so much more as punk. I know, but I'll play you some song. I mean, you you know that song. I guess like her B A N A N A S. There's yeah, there's bananas. Her whole solo thing. What's that one that the Great Escape? 
Woo! Woo! Oh, that's right. Like, yeah, like, I mean, she does. They took. I'm what I'm saying is they took my sweet punk rock chick that was like a childhood crush. And then they made her a pop princess. We got Kelly Clarkson, who I'd consider a pop princess. I love her. Built by the television industry. Yes. And then J-Lo, I got here. Another person who just, like, did the grind, paid her time, Spanned could do what she wants. Yeah, she's also an incredible actress. She's also, like, on her way to an EGOT. She might be the most talented of all the people we've talked about. I love In terms of J-Lo. triple threat. Yeah. Um, and then I've got a shout-out to the next generation, which is Miley, Katy Perry, Kesha... Mm-hmm. Talk about not having control over yeah, your career. Yeah, totally. And then insane. Taylor Swift also. Hey, you want to say Taylor Swift writes her songs? I'll say she writes her songs with Max Martin. That's how you end up with a hit like, uh, what's the one? <laughs> what's the one? What's the one? Which, which one? She's Shake not, it off? She's not my generation. Shake it off. Yeah, that's absolutely it. All right, Rachel. We've I come to we've the moment. Really, we've really covered pop princesses. There's one point we haven't covered. Oh, what is it? And it's the most indicative moment of pop princess history oh of course the intersection of my generation and yours an intersection of meeting of tongues meeting of lips i'm talking about the mtv music awards where britney kisses madonna yes i think those were the uh vmas yeah the new music awards so they um so here's what here's the whole story yeah i re i rewatched that clip today and damn it's sexy so, <laughs> and by so, the way, she doesn't just kiss. Britney. Whoa, okay. <laughs> so, Britney kisses Madonna. This is what I remembered, right? What? Okay. Britney kisses Madonna, right? This is no. Madonna is in the middle, right? Yeah. So it's Britney's on one side, Christina's on the other. They're singing the song Hollywood, and then Madonna leans over and is supposed to kiss Britney, and then leans over and is supposed to kiss kiss christina mm-hmm. right right so britney and madonna kiss this is what i remember yeah right this is what you remembered too right yeah and then it cuts to justin timberlake to justin face. timberlake to see the reaction the because they fucking... were they were exes right oh i don't know if they were exes they or were, if they were dating they were the exes time. okay and so it was like great television to see justin's reaction so what you miss is that Madonna kissed Christina Aguilera? It's ridiculous. It's such and a patriarchal, like, like, like hetero. I, I don't know. Not to get into it, but like, I feel like it's a very like, like, mm, like heteronormative cut where it's like, ooh, Justin, look, two girls are kissing. Like, are you gonna allow that? You know? And it's like this doesn't have anything to fucking do with Justin Timberlake. This is about these women doing their fucking thing. Absolutely. For tons of money that someone told him to do. That is what this is about. Take a stand, goddammit. I I think it was Madonna's idea. I honestly... I th- I'm sure uh, from what I read. Well, yeah. I don't know. I, it's a it's a stupid idea, regardless. But <laughs> my point is that like, um, uh, they could have just arranged it where they kiss Chris. She kisses Christina first, then she kisses Brittany. Then we can cut to Justin, and we get everybody. Yeah, that's but true. But this is another way. But I'm just like, why in is which Justin involved? Christina is just left in the shadows yes. of this moment. You're right. She, yeah. Again, and then like I I saw this thing where a reporter. Because the reporters are always trying to get Brittany and Christina to say something about each other. Right. They don't. Maybe there's like a small tiff in the relationship at some point. I didn't find it. You guys, they didn't talk shit about each other. 
and they have a reporter go, hey, uh, uh, they say, uh, Christina said that you kissing Madonna, this is what they're saying, Brittany, you kissing Madonna was just some stunt to get attention. And then Brittany's like, didn't she kiss Madonna too? Brittany's like confused because she's stupid. stupid and doesn't realize that this reporter's lying to her. <laughs> but like, I, I was just like, it's Ugh. so crazy. It's just so indicative of all of this. Yeah, of you're like, so right. It's, it's like, just a moment for MTV to cause drama between the pop people. When it's and like, then it completely overshadows the most talented person on that stage. Yeah, and and just the fact that it's like, no, these are like three women performing. Why do we have to get Justin's feedback? I don't care. Yeah. Justin's not on stage. No. This has nothing to do with him. No, he is busy tearing off Janet Jackson's clothes off the Super Bowl. And that's... Tivo. Um, oh my god. All right. Well, I think we covered pop yeah. princesses pretty thoroughly. Absolutely. How do you feel about it, babe? I feel good. I liked ending with a kiss. You want a smooch? Ooh, okay. Okay. Mm. Hold on, let's okay, get yeah. it for the mic. Oh, gross. Okay, All right. Uh well, before we go, folks. It looks like there's a magical hat Uh-oh. floating nearby. Oh, Look at that hat. I didn't know it could float. Here we go. Can you believe it? I got something I'm pulling out here. Pull it out. Whoa! I've got here. Rachel, have you ever used a typewriter? Actually, I have a really fun uh, hat of time thing for this. Okay. Really? Yes. I kind of was it's, trying to be insulted. It's not a typewriter. Okay. But it's almost just as bad. Oh, it's one of those like computer ones. A word processor is what it was called. I literally thought word processor was only software. No, I kn- get ready for this. Okay. Oh God. A word processor. Basically, when I was applying for college, this for whatever reason is like what I... We obviously had computers when I was in high school. But for some reason, I remember sitting on the floor of my dad's office and like writing out my college essay on this word processor, which is somewhere between a computer and a typewriter. All right. So could you make a mistake or would you have to white it out? I think it was kind of annoying when you made a mistake. Um, There wasn't a screen. Let's see. Like, uh, okay. Was there a screen? Yeah, I don't remember. (laughs) I feel like it looked like a electric typewriter is like what I'm picturing. Like this, like, like a huge calculator. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. So that's just a calculator with a full keyboard. And wait, so you'd see your paper written on that and then you'd what? Click print. Yes, I don't know. Oh my know. God, you guys. I don't even know. I can't believe that that and existed. I'm not that old. I can't believe my wife did that. That's Tom, the crazy part. I'm you know what I mean? I'm not that old. You You're guys. not that old. You're just, you, it's like you chose to do your college application with like <laughs> two stones on a cave wall. <laughs> I am going to pr- let me pass that magical hat over I here. I don't have to. It floats. Ooh, look at this. Hello, magical hat. Uh, okay, here we go. Prom. Uh oh. Prom is a topic. Yikes. Basically, uh, all right, let's do like when was your prom and like what was the prom song? Let's let's do it that way. Okay. Um, or like theme. Or yeah, yeah. I we had themes to our proms. We did not have a prom song. You did. If our prom, if we had a prom song, it'd be the thong song. No. Um. So I went to prom three times. <laughs> so first. So did I, Mister Popularity. Okay. You weren't the only popular one here. All right. Well, the first time I went to prom was with Peter Pan. 
Can you say anything about that? What do you mean, Peter Pan? The actress that played Peter Pan in our rendition of Peter Pan, I went to uh, a prom with. Oh, God. Okay, I get it now. Yeah. All right. Well, if we're one-upping, I went to um, my sophomore year. I went to the junior prom because we had proms junior and senior year. My sophomore year, I went to the junior prom with AJ. My friend AJ, and he was the prom king. Hey, there you go. So you got prom queen. That's great. No, I wasn't prom queen. Oh, it wasn't okay. my prom. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. <laughs> the next year, uh, yeah, I went to prom a couple times. I'm trying to think of fun prom memories. You know, we rented a limo. I'm trying to think. We didn't. Oh my god. Yeah. Like get drunk or anything. My senior prom. This was the best theme. Was where the wild things are. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it was at the zoo. Oh, that's very cool. There was like a ballroom at the zoo. Like, we weren't really next to animals. I think there was like one place you could see some seals or something. But it was really cool that it was like at the zoo and it was like where the wild things are. And what year was this? 2009. Oh my God. 2009. 11 and you were years a ago. Senior in, in high school? Yeah, for, the, for my senior prom. I was a my senior. My senior in prom school. was in 1997. And I think the song was. Wait, how much older are you than me? Shut up. <laughs> I think the song was um, for all the. It was like a Celine Dion sing, song. It mm-hmm. was like a Celine Dion song. It was for all those times stood by me, for all those dreams that you made me. Well, you song? heard it here first, folks. <laughs> we started with Madonna. We ended with Celine. I've been Sam. This has been Rachel. Thank you so much for listening to Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap. Uh, if you guys have any uh, memories about the things that we've been posting, please comment us, reach out to us, give our uh, podcast a five-star review on whatever thing you're listening to, and feel free to reach out to us. Uh, it's been great uh, talking to you guys. Thank you for listening. Like and subscribe and tell your friends. All right. Never stop Jenning. I don't know Generation Gap podcast is produced by Rachel Rosenthal and Sam DeRost. Original theme song and music by Douglas Wydick and Sweet Tea Studios. Original artwork by Aaron Maybe Designs and Snuggles by Rosie the Galga.